Well, right after, after college, uh, my wife Brenda and I uh, worked at a camp in uh, South Mississippi, King's Arrow Ranch. And because it was a ranch, we had horses, of course. But there were all these other animals that just wandered around the campground uh, throughout, the, throughout the week. And one of those animals was a lone, solitary, sad sheep named Blue. And I'm sure he was named Blue because he was just blue. He was just a sad sheep without a shepherd. And one day, we were all standing outside, and somebody's dog got loose, and it charged Blue, chased Blue down to the pond and out on the pier, and with no good options, Blue jumped into the pond. And Blue literally would have drowned if the, if the ranch hand hadn't taken off his boots, swam out to the middle of the pond, and rescued Blue. Uh, as you know, uh, sheep have very small little, little feet. They don't swim well, and Blue is full of, just full coat of, of wool. Well, in the Bible, humanity is often likened to sheep. And the, the point of likeness is most commonly is that we, like sheep, are needy and helpless. Like blue, uh, we face many dangers that we ourselves cannot address. Like blue, we find that we need people to lead us places. We need somebody to provide for us, somebody to, to give us rest and protection. In the Bible, the worst-case scenario is that you are a sheep without a shepherd. Well, today's passage is John 10, verses 1 through 11, in which Jesus repeatedly refers to his disciples as sheep and himself as the shepherd. And this Christmas Eve morning, I just want to warn you that if you want to get, I mean, not just understand in your head, but really get on a heart level what this passage is talking about and what Jesus is offering you, you're actually going to have to learn to think of yourself as a sheep. And this is very, very difficult for most of us. It's very counterintuitive because we're competent people. We make our own decisions. Uh, we're able to meet our own needs, generally speaking. Uh, we, we very often don't feel helpless and needy like a sheep. Uh, we don't often feel like we need a shepherd. We need some advice every now and again. We need a consultation every now and, and again. But a shepherd... We don't think of ourselves as sheep, so we don't really believe that we're as helpless as that and need a shepherd. But I would just say that even though it's hard, if you think of yourself as a sheep, you will find that Jesus freely offers you something invaluable that nobody else does. Today's message is the fourth and final sermon in the series, Why Jesus Came, uh, we're talking about why Jesus took on humanity, took on flesh and blood, why he became like the least of, of us uh, over 2000, around 2,000 years ago, and uh, why he lived a sinless life, taught about the kingdom of God, did miracles, was crucified and raised on the third day. Today we're going to see from John 10 that Jesus came that he might give life and he might give it abundantly. And so what we're going to see in the first six verses, Jesus introduces this imagery of shepherd and sheep, and then in the, in the following verses, he applies that imagery to himself and to us. Well, first, let's consider this figure of speech. 
And the emphasis in verses 1 through 6 is how you can identify a true shepherd and that specific shepherd's sheep. In Jesus' day, a sheepfold was an enclosure. It was like a, it was a, a, an enclosure in which sheep were kept. Usually there were several flocks kept together. Commonly it was a five or six foot tall wall built out of stones or some other material. And uh, the, the sheepfold would have one gate or one door, and it was guarded by a gatekeeper. And in that context, Jesus makes a rather obvious point in verses 1 and 2. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And so this is, kind of, this is intuitive, right? If you're driving down the street at night and you see somebody climbing in the window of a house... You dial 911. You know, that is not the owner. That's a thief or worse. But if you see somebody on the front door, the light's on, they have a key, they, they unlock the door, they walk in, you're like, that's the owner. They belong there. What you'll find in that house belongs to them. Well, in the same way, if somebody was climbing over the wall of a sheepfold, you know that that's a thief and a robber. Those sheep do not belong to him. But the one who enters by the door, by the gate, is the shepherd of the sheep. And so you can identify a sheep, a shepherd, by how they approach the sheep. In verses 3 through 5, Jesus explains how you can identify that shepherd's specific sheep. And the scenario here is that the sheepfold contains several flocks that belong to different shepherds. Verse 3 To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Very simply, you can identify the sheep that belong to a shepherd by whether they hear and know and follow the voice of a shepherd. And so Jesus says the sheep hear the shepherd calling them by name. And, and it, could have been, it could be that like we name animals, could have named these, shepherd, these sheep, Ralph and Maud and Spot and all these. They could have called them by name. At the very least, it means he knew them individually. He was calling them individually uh, to himself. The shepherd is concerned about each individual sheep. Verse 4, when he has brought, all, brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. And so you can identify a shepherd's sheep by whether they hear and know and follow his voice. Now, of course, Jesus wasn't merely giving a lecture on sheep farming, and his opponents knew this, but they didn't know what he was saying. John tells us in verse 6, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And the reason, of course, they didn't understand what he was saying to them is that they were not his sheep, at least not yet. And Jesus didn't always explain his parables or his figures of speech, but he does here. 
And we see that in verses 7 and following. He tells us the meaning of the figure of speech. And in, this, in explaining this imagery about how to identify a shepherd and a sheep, Jesus explains why he came. And it's important if you want to understand these verses to, to realize that he's, he's building on what he's already said. But he doesn't continue the, the metaphor, the imagery, unbroken. He puts forth a, a rather different scenario. And so we're not going to try to match every single thing we saw in verses 1 through 5. And the first difference we notice is that instead of a gatekeeper granting entrance to the shepherd, Jesus is actually the door or the gate in this, in this metaphor. And there's historical evidence that shepherds in that day would sometimes sleep across the entrance or the gateway to the sheepfold, keeping out predators and keeping sheep in. Look at verses 7 through 10. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And so in saying, I am the door of the sheep, Jesus is saying, I exclusively am the one that will give you entrance into the flock of God. If you, if you, want, to get, if you want to come into God's flock, you need to come through me. In chapter 14, in verse 6, Jesus said something very similar. There he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And that's the emphasis of verse 9. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And so if you enter into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus you will be saved, and you will go in, and you will find safety and protection and rest, and you will be able to go out, and you will find pasture. You will find nourishment. And so again, if you come into this relationship with God through faith in Jesus, you will be saved. You will go in and out, and you will find pasture. And in the context of Jesus being the door of the sheep, Jesus makes this statement about why he came. Verse 10, he says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This verse here tells us it reflects something very significant about Jesus in contrast to everybody else, every other influence, every other person every other organization uh, that you might uh, encounter in your life. <clears throat> Namely, that out of all the people and influences that come into our lives, Jesus alone has perfectly pure motives. Out of all the people, all the influences that come into our lives, Jesus alone has perfectly pure motives. And so on one extreme is the thief, and in the sheep and the shepherd imagery, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's why he goes over, that's why he climbs over the, the sheepfold into the flock to steal and kill and destroy. In our world, we too encounter people who want to use us and then throw us away. We too find people who want to take away everything valuable that we have. 
whether it's financial or emotional or spiritual or physical. And in addition to people, we have this unseen spiritual enemy, Satan, who is incredibly intelligent, incredibly wily, and he is playing for keeps. He is 100% committed to our destruction. That's why he came into this world. On the other end of the spectrum, at the other extreme, is Jesus who came into this world so that his sheep, his disciples, may have life and may have it abundantly. And in the sheep and the shepherd imagery, uh, uh, if you have abundant life, that means you are a fat, happy sheep. You're protected. You have everything you need. You're led to, to provision and abundance. In our world, abundant life is what Jesus elsewhere, call, elsewhere called eternal life. And eternal life doesn't merely, merely mean life that lasts eternally, everlasting life as it's sometimes translated. It does mean that, but the emphasis is on the quality of life and the depth of life. If you have eternal life, could be translated, you have an eternal kind of life. You have a kind of life that exists only from God, with God, who himself is eternal. And so Jesus, just in his own words, he says, this is why I came. This is why I became one of you, that you might have life and might have it abundantly. And now we wonder, well, well how can Jesus as a shepherd provide that type of life for us? What does he do as a shepherd to provide it? Well, he tells us in verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that term good, it's a very common word in the New Testament, and sometimes it has the connotation of worthy or noble. And that that connotation certainly fits in this case. Jesus is saying, I am the noble shepherd. I am the worthy shepherd. In contrast to all others who come into our lives, Jesus is the noble and worthy shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And it's significant if you keep reading later in in, uh, John 10, down in verse 18, he explicitly says, nobody takes away my life. And so Jesus, if you read in in the Gospels, He was not some victim who needlessly had his life taken from him. No, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. He willingly lays down his life to pay for our sins, the penalty that we could not pay. And so the big takeaway for us on this Christmas Eve is that if Jesus came as the good shepherd... And he willingly laid down his life to pay for our sins. And he wants to give us life and give it to us in abundance, an eternal kind of life. That means that you and I don't have to wander around in this world abandoned and lonely and at the mercy like a sheep with, of, of, of the forces against us, like a sheep without a shepherd. But as I hinted a few minutes ago, Trusting in and following Jesus as a good shepherd requires us to really actually think of ourselves as needy 
and helpless like a sheep. And that's hard. You may not be there. I mean, you may be at the top of your game right now. I mean, everything may just be going as desired for you. But sooner or later, every single one of us, sometime in our life, we will get to the place where we realize, I'm facing things that I can't handle. You'll find that you're facing battles that you can't fight. There are people and forces against you, and eventually you just cry uncle and you say, I I just can't handle this. At that moment, maybe you're there now, you say, I actually need a shepherd to protect me and to deliver me in this situation. Or maybe you're ready to admit that you're helpless when it comes to getting rid of the guilt and the shame of your sin. Maybe you've come to the point where you realize I've just just absolutely made a complete mess of my life. I don't know how it happened, but I wake up and that's the case. I need a savior. I need a shepherd who died for my sin. Or maybe you're just exhausted from trying to make your life work apart from God. And now you realize I need a savior. I need a shepherd who died for me. I need someone to lead me through this life. Well, I would say to you that if anything you've heard this morning from John 10 resonates deeply in your soul, consider the possibility that this is the noble, worthy shepherd's voice, and you've heard it, and you know it, and he's calling you by name. He knows you, and he wants you to become his sheep. Don't ignore that voice. There's no more important voice than you will ever hear in your life. Hear him calling you by name. Enter into a relationship with God through Jesus, and you will begin experiencing an eternal kind of life that nobody else can offer you. Heavenly Father, I pray for us here today. I pray, God, that on this Christmas Eve, as we think about Jesus becoming one of us, that we would indeed realize that he is a good shepherd. He's a noble, worthy shepherd. And God, we come to you needy, in need of of you to forgive our sins, give us life, give us an eternal kind of life, and lead us through this world. God, we do look forward to being with you eternally. God, in this life, we need you to guide us. And so lead us by your power. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.